So have you ever wondered why, no matter what you say or do, some people just don't seem to like you? Do you sometimes wish you could just be someone else? Well, today, how Frankenstein created a monster and how we can avoid doing the same thing in order to attract our best lives in three, two, one. Pushing the boundaries of expectations and rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. This is a way of life, a huge and growing community of explorers and adventurers, leading the way, blazing new trails, and raising the bar. We share your hunger for a life without limits, and we know you'll stop at nothing to get there. Greetings, kinetic believers all over the world. I'm Stephen Canyon. So glad you could join us for another adventure of attracting our best lives. If you'd like to send an email, kineticbelief at stephencanyon.com gets it here. stephencanyon.com is the website. Hello, Miss Maggie. Hello, Mr. Stephen. Top of the world to you, my friend. (laughs) Top of the world. I like that. How's it going today? It's going great. Yeah, what have you been up to? Um, Laptop work. <laughs> oh, I, I couldn't think of anything interesting. That's really what I've been doing. Why it sounded funny? I guess it's because you could see them constructing a building off in the distance, and these guys wearing hard hats, hats and climbing up and down ladders. And, yeah, and, like, and, and we're like laptop work. <laughs> oh. I think I need to, to get a workout in and get some movement going today. Later today. Uh, question for you. Yeah. What's the weirdest thing that you've ever mail ordered? Mail ordered? Yeah, ordered by mail. Ooh, I know and, this. I know this immediately. It, the reason I put it, well, wait a minute. The reason I put it that way is, well, if you go back far enough, we didn't really get to surf the World Wide Web to find something to order. You may have found it in the back of a magazine. Oh, yeah. No, it was definitely a magazine. Okay, cool. Okay, so um, my sister and I, um, we, we had this magazine that we would get. It was called Something Trading Company. And... Um, <laughs> We ordered all this random stuff because we wanted to have a Hawaiian-themed party. Not a birthday party, just like a Hawaiian-themed party. Sure, and yeah. But we just ended up, because we didn't have enough money, so we ended up ordering, like, you know, some flower necklaces and, and some Kool-Aid mm-hmm. or something. It was not very well, exciting. So weird about that? I think that's, that's not weird. Because it was just the two of us. It wasn't a real party. Flower necklaces and Kool-Aid. That, oh, come <laughs> that's on. That's so weird. Okay. All right. So I, in our minds, though, it was like we're gonna have this massive tiki torch Hawaiian sure. blowout. Well, and you were about what age? <laughs> oh gosh, um, seven, eight. Well, at the age of seven and eight, what what else do you need other than a flower necklace and oh, some we Kool Aid to have true. this massive tiki Hawaiian <laughs> blowout? That's right? so true. Right. <laughs> what was the magazine? I think it remember? was called Oriental Trading Company. Ah. And they had, it was, it was basically everything in Party City in a, in a magazine form. <laughs> well, you know, the reason I'm, I was remembering back to, I used to get this magazine called True Grit. <laughs> no, true in every sense of the word, right? True Grit. And, like, do you need a pistol? <laughs> yes, I, I do. Well, Meg, I ordered something called Sea Monkeys. Out of sea the, monkeys. Yeah, it was in the back of the magazine. Sea monkeys. And I got these little, it looked like, I don't know, dirt. Little, <laughs> little tiny little dark things. And, you get dirt. And you put them in water, and a couple of days later, they're swimming around. They're real? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they came to life. Are they animals? Yeah. Actually, I think it's some kind of shrimp. That's, How do they come to life? I don't have any idea. That's you know, bizarre. Kind of on the same vein as... Do you still as sell the, them? T- Is this you know, a thing? I don't... Maybe. 
Write us if you have sea monkeys. Sea monkeys. <laughs> Let us know. Now, I didn't order this, but sort of along the same line, did I ever tell you about seeing the flea circus when I was in London? <laughs> Trafalgar Square. I went into some little side booth and I paid 50 cents or whatever. And a guy had, and now you look through uh, these these magnifying glasses and you see these little fleas that they have in harnesses and they're carrying, pulling little wagons around and they have on dresses and shirts and hats. And And it was real. And they're real? Yeah, it was real. You could see. Are you messing with me? No, you could see the fleas, but you couldn't see what they were doing until you looked through the magnifying glass. Are you being serious? It's very hard to believe you right now. That sounds ridiculous. Well, that's true. And I would order some <laughs> if I knew where to order them. A flea circus. Flea circus. So re- I, it's a real thing. You I wonder f- if, if like animal rights activists care about <sighs> fleas. Probably, you know, probably so. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, how was, far down the food not, chain does it go? It was not nice to the fleas, I'm sure. Oh, my yeah. word. That's and wild. I, I ordered giant beans. <laughs> like the, they were enormous beans. You, you know, I planted them and they grew like three feet long. And then I ordered, gosh, I used to get magic tricks in none the mail. Of, none of this sounds real. I got this thing. It's a finger guillotine and it looked like you cut your finger off. Oh my gosh. Do you like scary movies? We're almost, it's almost time for Halloween. Do you like to watch no, scary stuff? No, absolutely not. I used to be able to handle them in like teen years they were it was sort of a funny thing to do i thought go to this go to the scary movie but i can't do it anymore i take it i take it too seriously scary is i don't think it's what it used to be when i was i mean that's true we had you know dracula and wolfman and the mummy and frankenstein and it's true it's too real now it is not like that anymore yeah i don't want to see what could actually happen to me (laughs) well you feel like it's happening to you all the way home right (laughs) oh my gosh yeah no no scary movies that's a big no for me Mm -mm, can't handle it I I was about nine years old and I saw an ad in the back of one of my comic books for a life-size Frankenstein monster my word and I'm thinking oh my gosh are you kidding me and of course I had three siblings at the time and I'm thinking all these things I could do with an actual Frankenstein of my own (laughs) What and, I could accomplish. And so, for, I don't know, it was like three or four bucks, and I ordered Frankenstein. Wow. And had Frankenstein delivered to me in this little tiny little box. And so, I, I opened it up, and it was a life-size nine or eight-foot tall green Frankenstein on this thin cellophane paper. Oh, and I it get it. it was supposed okay. to kind of glow in the dark, and, and oh I put word. it up on the wall. That's pretty and, cool, actually. Yeah. Could you sleep with it in your room? I wouldn't have been able to sleep. I think I could because my brother couldn't. Oh, (laughs) there you go. (laughs) That makes sense. Uh, Wrong motive, right? I would just, the moment those lights go out, I'm Uh, waiting for it to come alive. Today, long way around. Today, we're talking about Frankenstein created a monster. Most people have. We we got there. We did. What an interesting topic, right? Yeah, I love this angle. I can't wait to see where this goes. Well, you know, we often talk about why most people remain average in their lives. Why do they, year after year, Meg, take a few steps forward only to run back to where they began? Mm. I mean, what are they afraid of? It's Because it's what's feared that keeps a person exactly where they are in what they have. We can get rid of every negative person, the job we don't like, change locations, give away all our stuff. But if we still have the same fears, we'll eventually attract the same type people back into our lives, Mm -hmm. get the same few things, another job we don't like, with a few more things that we just don't want. Mm. Wow. Look, monsters are created. 
they, monsters are not something that exists until it has been created. And, and fears are like Frankenstein's monster, which are stitched together. One reasoning at a time. <laughs> I like that. M- maybe you're a torchbearer, one of the accusers judging other people to be monsters. And it's not possible, look, it's not possible to be the village monster hunter and not be one yourself. Mm. Whatever we believe, we become. Or maybe, hey, you believe you're the monster. And you've been put together by your own negative reasonings one lightning strike at a time. You take a hand from Uncle Ed, who said you're a loser, a left ear from soccer coach Katie, who said you're lazy, an ugly head from boyfriend Ted, who said you're not good enough. And with just enough internal dialogue about those things, the negative mindfulness that you give it begins to stitch all of those rancid parts together. And no, they don't fit together. They're horrifying to look at. It's a sad sight, but that's what awful reasonings will do. An ugly head from boyfriend Ted. <laughs> sure. This is like the best Dr. Seuss book ever. Uh, but <laughs> it's a great it's it's a great point though, right? And what a what a wonderful way to take something we're so familiar with. We're all so familiar with the story and overlay it with this with this idea, this new concept. Well, look, keep adding parts long enough and life is given to a monster. A creature of confusion, a diabolical nightmare who's completely misunderstood by you. Frankenstein is a story about the failure to recognize the identity of those who don't look like everybody else and how the failure of compassion and understanding, the failure of unconditional love engenders monsters. Our vibrational energetics attract the lives that we experience. Positive expectations full of gratitude and love promotes abundance in life. And as it was with Frankenstein's monster, there, where there is not acceptance, there's always going to be fear. All fears are uh, producing unpleasant emotions in our lives caused by a belief that, you know, something or somebody is a threat to us. And for those who don't know the basics of the story, Frankenstein becomes obsessed with the nature of life. And so he makes a creature, brings it to life, and then not liking what he sees, he rejects it. And the monster then spends the rest of the story utterly destroying his own life by preying on the people around him, while at the same time blaming Frankenstein for forcing it to be that way. The, the story was written in 1817 by a 20-year-old, and a lot of people don't know this, but Mary Shelley, a woman, a really? young 20-year-old I did not know Mary Shelley in England, huh. which, by the way, is frequently called, this story is the world's first science fiction novel. Isn't that cool? Yeah. But no, so here's a brief excerpt just to set the stage today. Nice. From the book. She writes, It was on a dreary night of November that I beheld the accomplishment of my toils. It was already one in the morning. The rain pattered dismally against the panes, and my candle was nearly burnt out when by the glimmer of the half-extinguished light, I saw the dull yellow eye of the creature open. It breathed hard, and a convulsive motion agitated its limbs. How can I describe my emotions at this catastrophe? Or how can I describe the wretch whom with such infinite pains and care I had endeavored to form? Frankenstein's monster 
Isn't that cool? That's great. It raises some intriguing questions about the role of other people in making us who we believe ourselves to be. Mm. The, The monster, when viewed by other people, is cut off and abandoned because of the energetics of fear. The reaction of disgust and fear leaves the monster with the belief that, you know what, it's just, it's a monster. Totally misunderstood and completely hurt by rejection. Hurt only wants to hurt. That's all it knows to do. And so when the monster begins to strike out, it begins to destroy those people that are around him. And it turns against its own life. And it wasn't Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein, its creator, that it, it attacked. Isn't that interesting? But it attacked the people around him. Yeah. A good example of what it means to internalize and condemn oneself for what others believe is, is the story of Frankenstein, I believe, as we get close to Halloween. <laughs> we create, look, we create monsters yeah. all around us, and we turn ourselves into monsters when we either fail to meet some standard of expectations created by other people, or we believe that there should even be a standard. It was a belief in a standard model that drove Frankenstein's creation to become a monster and to make evil become his desire. Well, and the way that you're presenting this wonderful metaphor for how we see ourselves and even other people, I love how you keep going back to all the different parts that come together because no one just wakes up a monster or seeing someone else that way. And so what pieces are you allowing to to sort of be assembled in in your journey of creation and in the creation of, of how you see other people? I just think what a great way to remember this and to be mindful of, of how this works. You're right. And it doesn't just happen overnight. It's kind of like the lobster effect where you can put, oh, what a terrible story. You put the lobster in hot water while it's alive and, or you slowly yeah. turn the heat up on the water. I guess that's how it goes. And yeah. the lobster supposedly doesn't know that it's boiling. It sort of lulls Horrible. them supposedly. I yeah. I don't like the analogy, but anyway, that's what it's like <laughs> yes. because it was the realization of his shortcomings that leads to uh, the monster's life crisis over a period of time. Because even though it has become a depressed, anxious, angry monster deep down, it still embodied the same desire for authenticity, the same unrequited love for self, for recognition, to be celebrated as an individual. A monster, a monster lives on and continues whenever they realize they're different. Um, with unique desires, but still refuse to accept their differences and accept their genius of purpose. And they, they're, they're allowing themselves to be redefined by the expectations of others or even of themselves. They live on when those around them insist they adhere to some kind of social contract that they had no part in creating. Mm. The monster began to change when human creatives refused to comply with the subjected status of, for example, African-Americans, and when they began to revolt. The monster begins to change when women demanded and won the right to vote. The monster starts advancing its mind, body, and soul when it decides to fully delight, admire, and love its genius of purpose and to become great and to recognize its own individuality. That's when monsters begin to to, uh, morph back into an original identity. Every emotionally disfigured person became that way by choice. Hmm. 
None of us are victims. Now, we may allow people to victimize us and to, to change us according uh, away from the original expectation, but it's always going to be our choice. The first monster in our story today was Victor Frankenstein's creation, which was assembled from old body parts and, and all of these uh, bizarre chemicals, and you could see the, the, uh, uh, the bubbling bruise and the, the fog and the, the laboratory and all this stuff going on. And life was initiated by that lightning strike, which then brought that weird bolt of electricity down into those inner chambers. And what could be seen then was this eight-foot-tall, extremely strong person with the intellect of a newborn baby. Is it wrong? What could could go wrong? (laughs) Well, abandoned by his totally freaked out creator, Frankenstein's monster was then confused by the hate he experienced. Hmm. Not knowing how to cast down those negative judgments, the monster believed it and tried to go and make a life for himself. Mm -hmm. Still, he wasn't accepted universally. And then in the story, while looking into that reflection, into the the mirror of the water, he began to reason with how he was being treated, reason with the hatred, and reason with the fear around him. And then, Meg, it was by agreeing with what he was experiencing, by aligning with all those negative energetics, all the fear, the torchbearers, the screaming, the the yelling, and the, the hearing constantly, you wretched monster, you. He agrees then that he is physically grotesque. And then the true nature and the character of who he actually was, a person who was gentle and kind by nature. We saw that when he was looking into the reflection. Mm-hmm. Also, that original initial individual identity became lost to him and he lost touch with that and he can no longer see who he really is now he too believes in the monster wow it's amazing isn't it what you're saying just this idea that we're going to believe what we create the story that we tell ourselves and and the story that other people tell about us is that is a choice. It's a crossroads that we ha- it's a choice we have to make. And that is, you know, this is the beautiful thing about becoming a KB creative. There is a way back. There is a way that we can rewild ourselves away from the shouts and the insults of life. There's a way out of the den of monsters for anyone that should choose. The first thing is to understand that the people who love you most will always encourage you to be yourself. And before we begin pointing fingers at other people, that, that love must begin with us. You can only blame, as long as you're in the blame game, you know, we're still playing the role of the monster. Everyone deserves a chance to fly. You do. Everybody does. And every single person is unique with an ability to do great things. And we're, but we're all different. We just need to push ourselves sometimes to have courage in ourselves regardless of our differences. Sometimes we just need to dance our way through the hard times, don't we? And pay, don't pay attention to the noise and, and the freaking out of life around us. Now, we may not do the most popular thing, but in the end, we will always do what is best for us. And by doing what is best for us... The one you see in the mirror, it's what's going to be best for everybody around us. If we love what we do, and if we believe in ourselves, 
that's the most exciting thing we will ever do is to come in contact and to look within and to see ourselves, the unique individual we were supposed to be for the first time. Look, don't play God by recreating what was initially meant for good. The Frankenstein monster's initial innocence demonstrates that, you know what, it wasn't born a monster. That's not how it was actually born. When he looks into that pool and the monster sees himself, just like others see him, uh, well, the first thing that we as the, the reader of the book or you're watching the movie, the first thing that happens is we have compassion for him. This big, ugly monster, we've got compassion for him because we can see now for the first time that he's not really a monster. He's actually okay. He's different. And that makes him okay. There are differences because it is the beauty of diversity that was first imagined by our Creator that established this entire planet of creatives in the image of the Creator to attract according to their beliefs. And that, that's why it's so important and vital to think that, you know what, there's no such thing as a monster and that every creative has a unique voice. Monsters don't exist except in the mind, except in our, in our subjective beliefs. And then we create them and we hold them up to and esteem them as long as we believe in, in, and fear them and believe in the negative energetics regarding those images. What a powerful concept that it's our belief that brings the, the idea of the monster into reality. All of a sudden, it's not just an idea or a suggestion by someone else or a thought in our own mind. But when we believe it and, and adhere to it and start living according to that, to that negative energetic, we're, we're bringing that to life so to speak. We're giving it the shock treatment, aren't we? Yeah. We're stitching together all of those parts that don't belong together. Right. And then we're breathing life into it through the energetics of fear. And we've got this monster clunking around and pretending <laughs> like it's something that it was never intended to be. So if we have created that monster already in our life, um, do we have to sort of dismantle it the same way that it was built? Or do we just, is there a way to just cast it aside and move on and, and sort of shrug that off? The and that is a great question, and the, the first and most powerful answer in response to that is never pay attention. Never focus on um, what has been negatively created, because that builds more. You're going to start attaching more ears to your monster if you start looking at the horrors of the things that you believe to be true. The way we undo the monster in our lives, mm-hmm. be it someone else or ourselves, is we align ourselves in our thoughts with unconditional love for the original masterpiece that we came into the natural Mm -hmm. to represent. The person who was first unblemished, unprovoked, and with every authentic potential, if we, if we imagine to see ourselves this way, something astounding actually begins to happen. We begin to hear the thoughts of our Creator, and we begin to see through the eyes of our original desires, and we begin to speak with the authority and dominion of originality. In the same way Frankenstein's monster was created from pieces of the original, every bit of our best life material comes from the original. You see, life is given to our mind, body, and soul all the way back there in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So in other words, never allow yourself to focus on the negatives. Never allow yourself to focus on what's been redefined away from the original intention. And so even if you've had all of these body parts stitched together, 
they will morph into something beautiful and different going back to the original version of itself as soon as we begin to align ourselves with the original intention of the Creator. Wow. Our best life is experienced from adhering to and relying upon the fullness of our original selves at all times. Look, death is the absence of the original. And most people will fail to experience their best until they have overcome, well, let's just say the, the sutures of anxieties, worries, and fears. Yeah. So the reconstruction of our original selves, how do we go back to our original parts? Each one of us is made up of a spirit, a soul, and a body. That's the original self. That's what we come into the natural with. Our spirit, the part of us that cannot be destroyed, was created perfectly in the image of its creator with every ability to flourish in the natural with every ability to live and to live abundantly and to grow and experience itself this is the privilege of life this is what we all get to experience it's not a respecter of persons anyone with breath in their lungs has the same ability to experience the privilege of life that we and we get to experience the original purpose of ourselves but the human fallible part of us is the ability to choose. Yeah. We have the ability as human creatives to make a choice, unlike most other life forms. We get to choose whether or not to kinetically believe who we were created to be. Or to, we can choose to believe in some other version and try to be something that we were not created to be. It's like we've talked about going through the gallery. Imagine a Michelangelo wanting to be a Rembrandt. And it spends its life in the gallery trying to morph into a Rembrandt. And it's not its authentic identity. As, as silly as that, as that example is, that's exactly what the human creative does. That looks out to define itself rather than within. Well, and I love um, the, this really powerful theme that keeps that keeps coming through today, which is believe the best. You know, believing the best of yourself and then of others, because those beliefs are your construction process for that person, how you see that person, and and isn't it interesting how you can even build up this idea of a monster in your mind for someone that is anything but just by, you know, filtering the things that they say and that they do incorrectly. And then you can do, do that for yourself. So just that, um, really, it's a lens, isn't it? That filter, that lens that we're processing everything through. Believe the best. Yeah. Be grateful. Believe the best. See the good. All things are working together for good. All things are advancing toward perfection. Yeah. And always believe the best. Look, perhaps you've created a version of yourself that was Designed by negative influencers. It could be yourself. Most often it is. Border bullies. The, the process is, though, that when we believe these things, we're stitching together a creation for us to believe. Right. And I think it's really interesting, too, that everything you're teaching us today, it, it keeps giving me this mental picture of of how things sort of percolate in, in the unseen world version of life in the unseen world and then it's that belief that reaches in and pulls it through and you know strike ele electrifies it and brings it to life and so really having these two distinct uh, um, types of of living not living but the way of seeing things the way of of experiencing life yeah and it's you know true that is interesting and the correct way of seeing life it becomes easy when we make it easy when we do the right thing when we stop wrestling with the negative energetics of the wrong beliefs mm -hmm. 
The good news is, and I always like the good news. Let's get to the good. The good news is, is that <laughs> the universe responds to our kinetic beliefs yes, in order yes. to align in agreement with what we are designed mm. to become. The spirit is that part of us that cannot be changed by us. And I am so grateful for that. <laughs> no matter how much meddling we do with our believers, yeah. this, the thing in us, that our choosers, no matter how much we screw up those choices, the, our original identity still remains intact. It's like it's a well that we can go down into and, and quench the thirst of identity by going deep and pulling from within our spirit that original creation, that masterpiece that was designed to become. Because that's who we are. It's our genius of purpose, which is a reflection of the perfected nature of our creator. There are no spiritual birth defects. And so we're carrying that homing device with us at all times. It's not a respecter of persons. Everybody has that center in within themselves. And it's always there no matter how screwed up we may make our lives along the way. So once a KB creative rewilds himself back to that truth, within, to unbecome the false identities of negative mad scientists, we immediately start the process of attracting our soul's desires by renewing our minds with the expectation of abundance, renewing our minds with the expectation for great health and happiness and joy, by renewing our minds with the imagination of our genius of purpose. Our soul is made up of our mind and our will and our emotions. Our mind, our will, and our emotions. And the journey of our best life that we want to work our kinetic belief toward attracting into our lives, that journey is going to be determined by how much the desire of our soul is original, how much the desire is authentic going back to the beginning when we came into the natural to mm. become. We are then aligned with the positive energetics for advancing toward perfected completion if we are filled with unconditional love, no bitterness, no hatred, no unforgiveness, no judgments, negative judgments for, toward ourselves or anyone else. And in that place, there is no fear. But we are stopped from the law of attraction surrounding us with our best lives by thoughts that we allow to be formed by lack and fear and poverty and sickness, anger, bitterness, all those negative energetics. This is true because our thoughts determine our actions. Our thoughts determine our actions. I love, too, that you keep bringing us back to unconditional love because today we're really being reminded of how multifaceted our lives are. There are so many pieces that can be stitched together to create the life that we're experiencing. And so bringing us back constantly to unconditional love, you know, knowing that that really covers anything and everything we want to accomplish, that we want to become. Um, I just love that deep, deep, important reminder. Yeah, and the unconditional love for self is accepting who you were created to be. Yes, and, and the same overlaying that for others as well. And for others as well, yeah. right. But, and then the third part that we all come into the natural with is our body. We have our bodies. This, the body is our earth suit. <laughs> this is the thing that we, allows us to, to drift around, yeah. some of us aimlessly, but to drift around on this planet <laughs> while we're here in this earth suit. Yeah. Once we locate our soul's purpose, our original genius of purpose, once we determine that mission that's within our soul, that's who we are. Mm. That's, that's you with all of your original parts. Nothing's been attached yet to redefine you. It's our love for the original, beautiful, authentic self that we celebrate, champion, edify, and encourage by never again accepting anything less. 
Well, what is less? Poverty is less. Sickness is less. Unhappiness is less. Being without joy, that's less. Those lesser things, when stitched together by the threads of belief, create monsters. Creatures that just don't resemble the original intention. But by casting down every negative imagination... To gratefully imagine yourself as abundantly prosperous, healthy, happy, and joyous by imagining your soul and body in the same image that is in your flawless spirit. Our best life is then attracted to create, attracted to rearrange our circumstances, attracted to uh, bring health into our bodies. Uh, It's attracted to manifest through the process of changing our minds by changing our will and emotions to align with our best desires. To live freely, unencumbered by the scars of brokenness, we've got to rewild our minds. Wow. You know, we, we have to learn to live from the inside out. I mean, that is the life of the kinetic believer. Yeah. We're looking within to live. We're living from the inside out. There's no other way to become the expression of whatever good thing it is that we choose to desire. It can't be done in any other way. The only thing that stands in the way of our big reveal is our thoughts. Right. Get our thoughts in alignment with our Creator's intention for us. And then stand back because here comes the big reveal. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's without a renewed mind that we continue to attract to form those things that we fear. We continue to see the monster. And it's without a renewed mind that we continue to attract what we already have that's around us. Wow. You know, I, I really feel like one of the most important things that I got today is is this concept that your, your self-image and the way that you're living, the life you're building, the self that we're building, that it is done a piece at a time. Because I think a lot of, a lot of times in society, we're, we're sort of told you're either successful or you're not successful. There's losers, there's winners. And there's, there's a whole journey in between this. Life is this huge journey. And so remembering that, you know, you don't have to if you don't feel 100% great about who you are, who that person is, just start piecing together that image, piecing together that positive energetic. And I love just the, the sort of the revelation on this process. It's casting down all of those parts that never were meant for us to begin with. We're transformed regardless of who we are, but regardless of where we live, regardless of our age, transformed by the renewing of our mind and the attraction power of kinetic belief. Transformed is actually translated from the Greek word metamorphosis. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Yes, it is. A profound change in form. Transform profound change in the in 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 the form of of a thing, from one stage to the next in the life history of any organism, most often associated with, actually with the caterpillar to the butterfly. Right, and we we did a whole podcast on that. We did. But metamorphosis is any complete change in appearance or character or complete change in circumstances around you. That's considered to be a transformation. Right, and that's what we're talking about. Look, in quantum theory mechanics, the renewing of our minds produces quantum metamorphosis, which is the process of transformation of nothingness into consciousness. It is the process of forming 
the quanta, the matter fields, the God particle, by renewing our thoughts, renewing our minds, choosing our desires from the highest viewpoint, creating thought forms and journaling those and believing those with gratitude that they've already come to pass, that transforms us in much the same way as a caterpillar is changed into a butterfly. And as we embrace the original intention of our Creator for ourselves, our soul then changes to match the spirit which is created to advance toward perfected completion. The, the, the battle is for abundance in health, joy, and happiness is always going to be in the mind. It's always going to be in our, the way we perceive things to be. And the more we know about the power of kinetic belief, the more we conform to the image our Creator imagined for us. But, you know, it's the world's haters and all of those border bullies, the negative influencers that would have us to think that um, we're a failure. In comparison to other people, you know what? You're just not good enough. You don't, you're not as good as your brother. You're not as good as the other. Yet the negative energetic in opposition to our authentic self is manifested always as condemnation. It's internalized as condemnation, which is a loathsomeness. Is that a word? Yes. (laughs) And the words of condemnation are otherwise known as a lie. It's a lie. Right. Caught in between the two energetic adversaries, the best life of unconditional love and the, the, the energetic of the destruction of the lie, right there in the middle of all that is the chooser of our consciousness, which is the compass of our soul that will direct our journey and pathway for life. Well, here's where the battle is fought between our authentic, abundant self and the monster. Our identities must be anchored. We cannot be double-minded about our genius of purpose, what our identities are anchored to. It has got to be authentic, and it has to become a desire of ours. If our identity is moored to the musings of a mad scientist, our purpose will never experience sustained victory in the power of kinetic belief. Mm. If our thoughts are not fixed on the highest viewpoint for this one life, with our one purpose to love ourselves enough to prosper in every area, regardless of what anybody else says, to live fully for ourselves and for the benefit of those that we love, my purpose, your purpose to live your best life will not hold steady in the time of a crisis. When we become a kinetic belief creative, we are sustained, like I was saying, from the inside. Our meditative knowing is steady in any kind of adversity, and we are upheld and maintained by the gift we were created to be, and not by our intellect or any kind of reasoning. It's through the expectant desire of gratitude for our best lives, original wisdom for our purpose is then going to be revealed, and Then by journaling our convictions, which become our articles of faith, we are placed in total control of our thinking, which then transforms our lives. But this is a way of life. It takes conscious effort. If we're just going to give ourselves a couple of hours a week journaling our identity by looking within, our minds will not be renewed. Our identity will not be shown to us, not attracted to us. And now you might know it with your heart. But it's the engrafted genius of purpose in our soul that changes us. It's kinetic belief in our purpose that controls our thinking and transforms our lives. So take the time to get away from the dynamics of negative influence. Meditate on it. 
and change yourself from the inside out. Make the conscious effort to gratefully imagine yourself as you desire to be. Only then do we actually begin to understand our purpose, and only then do we begin to journey by the light of the soul. Martin Luther King, Jr. said, I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. Mm, That's great. Stick with love. Love for yourself. Love for others. Stick with love. Stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. Mm. Finding fault in others finds fault in yourself. Believing something wrong about someone else is to believe something wrong about yourself. We're creating monsters when we do that. Monsters of others or monsters of ourselves. Either way, we become the inhabiting monster within. We change our lives by deciding to stick with love. Well, let's work on some uh, guided thought forms. and Just (laughs) just say this out loud. Say, I am perfectly created. I am perfectly created. And deserving of having love flow abundantly in my life. And deserving of having love flow abundantly in my life. My unwavering desire. My unwavering desire. Attracts loving people. Attracts loving people. Wherever I go. Wherever I go. I unconditionally love myself. I unconditionally love myself. Completely. Completely. Every part of me. Every part and piece of me. Everything about me. Everything about me. I love all my flaws. I love all my flaws. And accept myself. And I accept myself. Completely. Completely. The more loving I become. The more loving I become. The more love that comes into my life. The more love that comes into my life. I embrace love. I embrace love. As the most powerful thing in the world. As the most powerful thing in the world. I know that love comes from within me. I know that love comes from within me. I know love has become me. I know love has become me. Love is always part of my day. Love is always part of my day. I don't get out of bed in the morning. I don't get out of bed in the morning. Until I've decided to love. (laughs) Until I've decided to love. No matter what. No matter what. I seek to give love. I seek to give love. In every area of my life. In every area of my life. Wow, so much to unpack from today's podcast. And if any of us out there, if we need to get rid of some of those monsters in our life, the Kinetic Belief Guided Journal is the perfect way to do that. You can grab a copy at stephencanyon.com. What a fun pre-Halloween <laughs> podcast this has been. Sending out much so love and acceptance to yes. KB creatives all over the world. Yes, love to all you, all of you out there. And thank you, as usual, Steve, for all the wisdom. Bye.